0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this edition of the Steelers Q&A. It's not the Steelers Sunday night Q&A during the regular season anymore. So if you're listening live, I feel sorry for you because this is at 7.30 on a Saturday morning. Now, welcome into the show. My name is Jeremy Betts. I am your host, as always, for the Steelers Q&A. And um, yeah, schedule change. We're doing this early on Saturday just to make sure that we get the questions in before the weekend. So we're not bottling up you guys with too much going on on Sundays during and after a Steelers performance, which will typically happen on Sundays, obviously during the regular season. So uh, we are, excuse me, changing up the schedule a little bit, but welcome in to the show. If you're listening live, thank you for joining. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you here definitely post your questions in here and I will be getting to those as we roll through this. Brian Brown, welcome in. Thanks for joining. I know it's early. We appreciate you there. And uh, if you're not catching this live, if you're not able to join live on YouTube uh, or Twitter or Facebook, then you can check this out wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify or Apple podcasts or another option out there to get your audio shows you can get this show it's a part of the steel curtain network which is a part of the fans first sports network we're bringing you everything you need for nfl week one and on the steel curtain network everything steelers versus 49ers that's what we're going to be talking about today as questions filter in through the limited viewership which is great we will get to those but i brought some questions myself kind of uh, scrolling through X, Twitter, Twix, is what I like to call it. Scrolling through that, seeing uh, the big questions on Steelers fans' minds and the big questions that the national media is asking. There are really three questions to me that everyone is asking about the Pittsburgh Steelers here. And those questions have to do mostly with a general outlook of the team. And a lot of it has to do with what we saw in. In training camp and in preseason and what's going to be interesting is how much of this carries over that's the big question and we'll break it down here a little bit for you as we go questions everyone is asking number one can the Steelers offensive momentum carry over from the preseason that's the biggest one that is absolutely the biggest question here because the Steelers really had it going <laughs> five touchdowns in five to First team drives, Kenny Pickett under center, taking snaps, getting the team down the field. It was it was beautiful to watch. And we know it was preseason. We know the caveat. It's time to remove the caveats. There, there are no asterisks beside the Steelers' offensive performance on Sunday. There just can't be. And so what type of offense do we see? Do we see – the explosiveness, do we see the efficiency that we saw in preseason against, no lie, maybe the best defense in the NFL in San Francisco? And the Steelers are are going to vie for that title as well. As far as who owns the, the best defense in the NFL, Steelers are ready to stake their claim to that crown. So they're bringing it on that side of the ball as well. But when the Steelers have the ball, what are we looking at here? Are we looking at a team that's going to start slow like we've seen the last few years? Or are we looking at a team that is ready to hop out of the gate and make things very interesting very early? That's going to be the big question for sure. Can Kenny Pickett light up a San Francisco defense that will have Nick Bosa on the field, that has arguably the best defensive line in football, Definitely the best linebacker group in football with Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw uh, roaming the middle of the field and making life miserable for running backs and tight ends and wide receivers alike. That is huge. This offense, can they get out there and do anything against that group, against that front seven? And then on the back end, there's some holes in the San Francisco secondary. There really are. Are the Steelers up to the challenge of, of taking advantage of that? Can this passing game kind of lead the way in week one? That's that's my big question, too. Can, can can the passing game lead this offense and be explosive like we saw it in the preseason? So that is obviously what everyone's wanting to, to see here. I've got more viewers coming in and some questions, so thank you very much. Um, let's pop up some interactions here. Brian Brown says, let's see who's up at seven 30 on a Saturday. <laughs> I am. You are Brian. We've got several others. Jeremiah Yoder is up with us. Get ready. Steelers nation. Get ready for a big win Sunday at one in Ackershire stadium. I'm hoping so, man, I'm hoping for a big win. I really think the Steelers can pull one off here. If they play their game, if they get off to a hot start, like we've seen the moment, if the momentum carries over from, from the preseason. We will see Brian Brown with our first question. Thanks, Brian. Why isn't anyone concerned for Brock Purdy's health? I know the 49ers defense is good too, but I believe in the O-line that would be the Steelers O-line. I don't know anything about the 49ers O-line. Well, let's talk about that. I think that the San Francisco 49ers should be very concerned for Brock Purdy's health going into this game. And maybe not for his elbow necessarily necessarily, Although that is a concern, I would assume that he's going to be doing really his first, obviously, live game action since the NFC Championship game with an elbow that was basically reconstructed through surgery that's only been around for 10 years or so. This is a relatively new surgical procedure done on athletes for this type of injury. And so how does it play out? Is Brock Purdy even good or was he supported by a really, really good San Francisco team that I think has some pieces this year missing from what they were last year from the team that led them to an NFC championship? We'll see. Let's talk about that offensive line for the 49ers. I think that when you look at the group, you obviously have to take into consideration that Trent Williams, the left tackle, is probably the best offensive tackle in football. He may be the best left tackle ever. That's consideration for this guy. Hall of Famer in pads. That's that is Trent Williams. All right. The right side of the offensive line is not Trent Williams. <laughs> it's not even close. Some of these guys are replacement level players, potentially for San Francisco and, the Steelers defense absolutely has to take advantage of this. I was literally going to bring this up later because I, I don't think the question is if TJ Watt will make an impact on the right side of the, uh, of the San Francisco offensive line. My question was how badly will TJ Watt destroy the weak side of the San Francisco offensive line, which would be the right side where he typically rushes from (laughs) It could get ugly real quick for San Francisco. George Kittle might get neutralized from a pass-catching perspective very quickly because they're going to have to use him to block T.J. Watt on the right side. That would be huge for the Pittsburgh Steelers being able to shut down this offense. And T.J. Watt's not going to get stopped by a poor right tackle and a tight end who can block. That's just not going to happen. So I'm, I'm bullish on what T.J. Watt And company can do off that side, and that they can make life miserable for Brock Purdy. And yes, San Francisco then should be very worried about Brock Purdy's health because TJ Watt's going to be laying some hits on that quarterback. This defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers is predicated on pressure. The secondary has some good pieces in Pittsburgh, but it's not going to be an elite secondary they're going to give up some chunk plays probably in the passing game. You hope that once things get down in the tight areas in the red zone on, or even once you get on your side of the field, that you can eliminate some of the passing game because the field shrinks down. You're not able to run as many concepts, but really this is all about the pressure up front. Can the Steelers bring pressure with four? Can they get creative with their blitzes? Can they be, can they just apply pressure like we've seen every year except for last year when T.J. Watt was hurt. So my big question, though, uh, in in regards to Steelers defense versus San Francisco offense isn't can the Steelers beat this offensive line? It's how bad will they on the right side? That's going to be something to watch for sure. Um, If you're listening live, stay stay tuned, stay put. We're not going anywhere, but do want to get in an early break here on the audio side so you can uh, hear our new promotions going into the season. So stay tuned wherever you're listening. If you're listening live, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And if you are listening on the audio side, stick around to the second half of the show. We're going to be answering more live questions and more questions generally about the Pittsburgh Steelers matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. Let's take a break. All right, welcome back to the Steelers Q&A on a Saturday morning early. We've got some viewers. I I appreciate you tuning in live. Brian Brown, Reginald Rivers, AJC, Jeremiah Yoder, George. Thank you guys, everyone, for, for joining in. Let's get to another question from Brian Brown, who's bringing it this morning. Thank you so much, Brian. Do you think the Steelers could have one of the league's best special teams? Something special teams seem to happen every time in preseason. I agree with you that the Steelers special teams was popping. They were popping off the screen in, in preseason. And whether that was returns or big time coverage tackles, I think this unit does have a chance to be really good. And that's a, that's a factor that we're not even really considering as fans overall in how good this team can be but when your special teams is elite if you have one of the top 3 or 4 special teams units in the in the nation uh, in the NFL that's a distinct advantage for you especially in the return game if you can set your offense up with short fields and you know put yourself in prime situation to to get in scoring opportunities more easily then your your scoring's going to go up uh, when you've got a guy like Calvin Austin who can take it to the house literally anytime he touches the football because he's got that type of speed, then, you know, the sky's the limit for this for this special teams unit. And I think the other underrated thing is the growth and development of Presley Harvin, the punter. And I thought he looked good in the preseason. I think he does a really good job in situations where he needs to pin teams deep. Does a, a fantastic job putting balls inside the 20s putting balls inside the 15 inside the 10. He he he's got the the right uh, arc to his ball. He's got the the right spin on it where it just kind of settles down in that area and allows the Steelers to get underneath it and pin teams deep. Where he has struggled has been in field position flipping situations where the Steelers are backed up on their own 10-yard line they need to punt and Presley Harvin has he can he can that big leg get the ball down the field? And flip the flip the field back in the Steelers favor where teams are starting on their own 30 or their own 25 as opposed to their own 40 or their or midfield. So that development will be huge for the Steelers. I think that's a, should be a point of emphasis. And we saw that when I was at training camp, I saw Presley Harvin booming some punts. So you know he can do it in practice settings. Can he do it in a game? Uh, consistently that's the key is the consistency of it so we will watch and we will see but i do believe brian that the steelers could have one of the league's best special teams units absolutely they could at least have one of the league's most dynamic punt return units fantastic stuff all right let's move on to the next question here from ajc which rookie is going to play the most amount of snaps This is a tough question. I think the the player with maybe the the best chance would be Darnell Washington or Keanu Benton. So if I had to pick one for each side, that would be be the options there. But if an injury takes place in the secondary, then obviously Joey Porter Jr. is the next man up for starting snaps there. Uh, So knock on wood that no injuries occur, and you can use him as a rotational piece until – you know, the Steelers feel comfortable with him uh, being fully a starter in this defense. But yeah, Darnell Washington might get a start in this game if the Steelers come out in two tight end sets and try to try to pound the rock early. Um, but I, I just think Darnell Washington gives you the best chance at this at this answering this question because he's such he can be used in multiple ways for this offense as a pass catcher, as a blocker um George Kittle has been given a lot of pop as the best blocking tight end in the NFL um that's just the big part of his game that since Rob Gronkowski Gronk has been ousted from the league uh, or ousted himself from the league in retirement um you know George Kittle has really staked the claim as the best all round tight end in the league Darnell Washington is going to push him right away as the best blocking tight end in football. And Darnell Washington in camp and preseason is no joke. This guy blocks better than Chooks Akor, for in, in the run game specifically. <laughs> and that's not a knock on Chooks. That's just that's just how good Darnell Washington is. So I think he gets a start potentially for this team. And I think that he has the opportunity to play the most snap, snaps, even though he is the second tight end on this roster. Keanu Benton would be my next pick here because I think again, you can use him in multiple different spots on the defensive line. And if Larry Okenjobi is banged up a little bit and uh, that foot is, is giving him issues, then you could see more Keanu Benton, but you probably will see more DeMarvin Lee out because he's the guy who's been in the system a little bit longer. So maybe Keanu Benton is, is kind of the second guy in rotation behind, behind uh, Larry Okenjobi, And then you go, uh, Demarvin Leal and then Keanu Benton, but Benton, it's kind of going to fill the nose tackle role um in rotation as well. So th- they're going to play different spots too. So he might get in there a little bit more than some of the other players. But those two guys would kind of be the standouts for me in that regard. It's going to be fun to watch though how the Steelers deploy their their young players and. It, how much of an impact they can have early because the Steelers do typically hide their rookies, you know, and give them time to develop into, into, roles. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out obviously, but those would be my, my best guesses here. I wanted to bring up this, this comment here from, from Jack. Thanks Jack for joining the show. Still can't believe we were able to nab Desmond King. He says, dude had 89 tackles for the Texans last year and tied, the league lead with 10 tackles for loss as a defensive back. Yeah, I said when they when the Steelers signed him that he, this might be their their new Mike Hilton. He's a very physical player. Um a little bit better in coverage, probably a little bit worse as a blitzer. <laughs> and that's, you know, just in in just in comparison between the two players, Mike Hilton is next level when it comes to his play along the line of scrimmage, but yeah, Desmond King has the has a chance to To be really good for the Steelers in the right role, and if they play them, they might get bring them along slowly as well. They've got capable capable guys for that slot position in Shandon Sullivan and Elijah Riley. We saw that in the preseason and training camp, so they might roll with the guys they're a little bit more familiar with early, but don't don't be surprised if Desmond King is your starting nickel very soon this season, just maybe not week one. We'll see. I'm excited to see how the Steelers deploy him this season. Brian Brown, how many hours off my life do you think I might lose tomorrow? The Steelers aren't exactly known for blowouts. At least they win most of the time. That's very true. Seeing the silver lining in some of the very close games, Mike Talon would love nothing more than to win this game 17, 16, on a 50-yard Chris Boswell field goal as time expired after Kenny Pickett drives them down uh, to take the lead. That would be Mike Tomlin's dream scenario, and he'd get up to the podium and he would be ecstatic. He would answer every question that the reporters gave to him, and uh, that's Tomlin's favorite way to win. Now, Kenny Pickett might prefer, and this offense might prefer, man, we're up 24 to 16, and there's two minutes left, and We've got the ball. We're just going to run this clock out, and this is fantastic. That would be my pr- preference as well, Brian, <laughs> but I think you're going to lose some years off your life tomorrow. I predicted on uh, the All Bets Are Off segment on Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride podcast on Friday that the Steelers would win 24-20, to but it would take a 4th quarter touchdown drive from Kenny Pickett to take that lead, and then the Steelers' defense kind of holds on in the end, and doesn't let San Francisco score a touchdown uh, to to take the lead and, and win that win this game. So, I I am expecting a very close, uh, a hard fought game, a Cincinnati Bengals Week One versus the Pittsburgh Steelers type situation from like last year, where the Steelers play good. <coughs> Excuse me, the morning getting to me here a little bit. The Steelers play good football and force some turnovers it gets ugly but then san francisco just because they're so good is is in this game maybe even has a lead in the fourth quarter like i was predicting so we'll see it's going to be very very close and i don't see a blowout either way this is a home game for the steelers the first home opener in eight years nine years i can't remember the exact number but this is going to be a huge game in acryshire stadium there ain't no way the steelers are letting san francisco blow them out especially with this defense so i'd expect brian to uh to bring some uh extra lives with you i don't i don't know if you can if you can you know prepare yourself ahead of time maybe you'll lose a few more hours off or a few less hours off the end of your life um but man it's going to be a tough game for sure um Steelers Nation Australia says, what are you guys doing awake? That's a very good question. Um, Thank you for the question. (laughs) Um, I don't know what we're doing awake. This is crazy. But welcome to Saturday morning. I'm typically up pretty soon anyway. So, hey, I like it. Uh, We have a little girl, and she uh, doesn't sleep in very well. She's sleeping in right now because we put her to bed late on purpose last night. So, so well done by me. I'm here. (laughs) Anyway. Uh thank you Steelers Nation Australia for for dipping into the show here. Uh let's see let's go into this from Jeremiah Yoder, always the the excited fan Jeremiah, thank you for for joining in with the momentum. The Steelers finished the 2022 season with their draft and they're winning preseason. Why can't the Steelers continue this momentum into the 2023 regular season? Let's go. Great question. Why can't they? This has been the best offseason that I can recall for the Steelers, especially when you consider no Ben Roethlisberger, nothing to really lean on as far as we know this guy is going to win us football games you know, a franchise future hall of famer at quarterback position. We, we, we got that covered. Just what pieces are we putting around him? No, this is, we need this team to be really good because you're still bringing up a court, a young quarterback. Your defense has a lot of, of new pieces, especially in the secondary. How's that going to play out? Um, It's, it's going to, it's going to be fun to watch for sure. But why can't the Steelers continue their, their momentum in the 2023 regular season they absolutely could and San Francisco I guess if you there's a world out there where the Steelers win this game 30 to 14 because everything we saw in the preseason is what we're going to get out of the Steelers team where this offense is elite is a top 10 unit and the defense obviously is a top 10 unit I mean you don't have to squint to see that so wow it's it's definitely possible get excited about your Steelers but uh, like I said to to Brian earlier don't be surprised if the Steelers slog it out against a really good team there's going to be some big games for the Steelers this year they're going to beat up on some bad teams they're going to have some blowouts they might even beat up on a division opponent once or twice hopefully the Browns because that's my wife's team but uh yeah, there's going to be big games for the Steelers. I just don't know if week one is the right time timing for it because of this team that they're playing. So, but as far as momentum carrying over, it absolutely can. I expect it to, I just think you're going to get countered now in a, in a four quarter game by a really good San Francisco defense and a really good pass rush that can make things very interesting for this revamp Steelers offensive line as well. So, uh definitely something to watch uh let's see here oh great question i wanted to get to mark robinson thank you tom w for joining in thank you for the question what do you think of mark robinson i like him as a green dot middle linebacker in the years to come i love him in that role hey stop that cats interrupting shows around here sorry about that we'll get that taken care of for next week (laughs) um no so what do you think of mark robinson i like him as a green dot middle linebacker in years to come i do too i think he can be that i think this season he is a fantastic rotational player and he might he might earn himself some snaps because i think he's going to be very effective when he's on the field and i think the steelers might actually see him as one of their better coverage options at linebacker too so he might get he might get some play this, this week and week one, as a guy who's more familiar with the defensive system than Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts would be, although those guys will get more snaps. I think you're going to, you're going to see him on the field a good bit. I would say Mark Robinson, um, especially if there were to be um, maybe a bumps and bruises during play and he needs to, to fill in for somebody for a series or two. Uh, We'll see. But Mark Robinson was fantastic this offseason, this training camp and preseason period. Uh, I'm excited for this guy for sure. All righty. W- scrolling through. Okay. Here's a good one from Tom Plays Games. Tom, thank you for joining. One more day till Steelers football. You're right. Excited. Who is your surprise player that makes an impact? tomorrow this is a a really good question so let me let me let me think on this one a little bit while I talk about players that I think are going to have big roles and you obviously cannot discount the fact that that Najee Harris has been kind of flying under the radar this this preseason because he hasn't played as much so when you're talking about players that that could pop a lot of people might be thinking Jalen Warren, but um, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say Calvin Austin is the surprise player who makes an impact tomorrow. Um And I think it has to be on the offensive side of the ball because we know what the Steelers defense is going to bring for the most part. So Calvin Austin has looked electric in the return game. He's, <clears throat> he's looked, he's looked explosive in the passing game as well. And he's going to move around the formation. He's going to he's going to get those jet sweeps. You're going to see a Calvin Austin jet sweep tomorrow. You absolutely are. You can bank it. If there is a betting line out there for an over-under on uh, Calvin Austin jet sweeps, uh, I would be looking at that one because he's going to get some jet sweeps. He's going to get some some balls handed off to him and, and thrown his way. He's my surprise player because as soon as he touches the ball, he can be gone. And if you get him in space, this guy can make a big-time impact whenever he touches it. So that would be my bet for surprise player that makes an impact tomorrow. Great question. Thank you, Tom, for that. Let's see. Scrolling through here. Oh, good one here. Do you think Nick Herbig and Marcus Goldman get many snaps? I, I do. I really do. Um, Nick Nick Herbig and, and Marcus Gold, Goldman are are f- going to be in this rotation you're going to see a little bit more rest time for TJ Watt and for Alex Highsmith than you would have seen in in previous years. I really do believe that because I mentioned this as kind of my bold prediction for the Steelers defense here is that when Nick Herbig comes on the field, it's not just, oh let's survive with Nick Herbig until we can get TJ Watt back in the game. We just need to survive. No, Nick Herbig could probably give a spark when he jumps on the field. Because he's so explosive, why is he so explosive? Nobody knows, but he is. He gets upfield fast. He makes offensive tackles. Think if they blink that they're gonna miss him. That's just how quick he is. How good he is. Man, I'm I'm excited for Nick Herbig this year. And don't discount Marcus Golden. Don't don't Marcus Golden. I think is is actually what it is. I'm sorry, Marcus Golden. Don't discount him because he looked really, really good in preseason two. He was making plays. Uh, His bull rush is is awesome. He is powerful. And he's been been a sack leader for teams before. At this stage in his career, obviously you you like him as better as that third or fourth pass rusher. He's going to make plays. So these two guys, this is the deepest this outside linebacker group has been in a long time. And and they're going to have an impact for sure. Claude Bishop, Claude gets in with a question. Who would you start at inside linebacker, Roberts or Alexander? I'm probably going to start. I'm probably going to start Quan Alexander if I, if I'm having to pick and that's nothing against Roberts, but Quan Alexander flies around the field. He seems to have, he seems to have sparked new life in Pittsburgh since joining the Steelers. Um, man, man. <laughs> He has looked lightning in a bottle in uh in the preseason. So I I think Alexander has earned the starting spot, even though he's been here a little bit less time. But these guys are gonna rotate through all four guys, Cole Holcomb, Alandon Roberts, Quan Alexander, and Mark Robinson, all four of those guys. You're gonna see all of them in this game, and you're gonna see a you're not gonna see really one of them, I don't think, with a disparate portion of snaps compared to the others so i think that, that for the most part this this rotation they're just they're gonna keep guys fresh they're gonna they're gonna pl- deploy them in a way that that highlights their skill sets as well so if, if i would if i were to guess on which one gets a start i'd say it's probably cole Holcomb, land and roberts out there first but uh quan alexander to me has earned the right to to be in that conversation i would start him for sure. All right, let's pull up a new question. Uh, Okay. Not a question. Sorry, but a, a statement that I really like aquatic life. Welcome into the show. Looking for a sweep for a North opponent opponent. I'm thinking two actually, if I were to pick the two, it would be the Ravens and the Browns. And I don't think you sweep the Bengals, but man, if you can sweep two teams in your division, then, then my prediction would be the Steelers are the division winner. And maybe even the one seed in the AFC. That's how good that this team will be if they're sweeping division opponents. (laughs) So we'll see. In my preseason predictions uh, with Andrew Wilbar on the Steelers fix, I had the Steelers as the second seed. I had them winning the division, obviously, and getting the second seed just behind the Kansas City Chiefs. After Thursday's action, maybe I was too high on the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, the caveats being they did not have two of their very best players behind Patrick Mahomes uh, on the field with them on Thursday, but still, you know, there's some issues there in Kansas City. They're going to have to figure out if the Steelers are sweeping AFC North opponents, especially multiple ones, they're they're going to be better than even I think that they're, they're going to be this year. So I think even if they split with their division opponents, they have a chance to still go 11 and 6, 12 and 5. So very intriguing stuff uh, to watch for sure. We're going to start wrapping this up, but but uh didn't want to want to say thank you so much for everybody joining in early um we got a, a question here from from one of our uh contributors here, one of our editors at the Steel Curtain Network and uh Dave does great work here. Obviously you guys know Dave. If you're up this early on this show, you know who Dave Schofield is right? So I don't know why I'm giving him this like full-on introduction here. Everybody knows Dave Schofield here. He asks, will any rookies get the start on Sunday by playing the first snap? AKA like Trey Norwood did in dime or chooks as a combo tight end. I I mentioned this earlier in the show. I think that guy is Darnell Washington. Uh, Two tight end sets. The Steelers are going to line up in 12 personnel a lot this year, I think. And, uh, in 12 personnel, you have to have two tight ends on the field. And the second tight end, a lot of those times is going to be Darnell Washington. So that is, that is the guy I'd have my eye on here. Keanu Benton might get a start at nose tackle. He might, he really might, especially, you know, Based on what we've seen in preseason, so those two guys, those are my my guys that are going to see a lot of snaps in Week One as the rookies, and and potentially have a chance to start as well. Thanks, Dave, for for chiming in early. Glad you're up here with us as well. Um, again, it's a it's it's such a it's such a a big week, <laughs> and for a Week One game against last year's NFC Championship uh, runner up that's huge. That puts you on the map if you win this game. So, man, if we, and if you lose and it's a close game, nothing to be ashamed of if you're Pittsburgh. So I'm not going to come out of this game with any sweeping statements one way or the other, really, Um, depending on how San Francisco looks, they have started slow in years past. I think um, Kyle Shanahan is something like two and four in his last or in his in openers as the San Francisco 49ers head coach. So the Steelers at home have a really good shot. It's going to be fun to watch this team grow and develop throughout the season. Just remember it is week one and there's so much football to be played. So let's, let's just jump on this, this, this boat and ride it all the way to the end. Thank you all for joining on the show going to go ahead and sign off here uh get you guys going on your saturday if i didn't get to your question i apologize come back next week we will get to your questions hopefully i'll have a guest on next week i thank you for letting me ride solo and sticking with me here um on the steelers saturday morning q a for now we're just going to call it the steelers q a um but yeah this has been great look forward to interacting with you all throughout the regular season here Stay tuned to everything coming from the Steel Curtain Network and Fans for Sports Network. We've got all things Steelers, all things NFL, everything you need to cover your football fixes for week one. Football's back, baby, and we're rolling into it. So follow me on Twitter, X, whatever you call it. I call it Twix, like I said earlier. Uh, follow me on Twix, at bets 93 thebetz 93 going to have lots of comments on the Steelers over the weekend. So uh, check it out there and y'all have a great weekend. Yins have a great weekend. Sorry, I'm stuck down here in the South and it gets me every time. Yins have a great weekend. Go Steelers.